In partnership with Paizo, the No Direction Network welcomes you to our PaizoCon Online 2023 seminar coverage. Morning Finders, welcome to the third and final day of PaizoCon. I am Mark Moreland. I am Paizo's Director of Brand Strategy, uh, and I am one of the primary contacts uh, between Paizo and our miniatures partner, WizKids. And joining me here today from WizKids, we have... Um, hey, I am uh, Michael, or Magellan, as most people call me, Mulligan. I am the producer on the uh, Pathfinder line, at least recently. Um, I'm also a project manager on overseeing several of our product, pretty painted mini product lines. And today we wanted to um, give uh, viewers a little bit of a, a behind-the-scenes look at the process that goes into uh, turning the ideas from our heads here at Paizo into painted plastic um, or unpainted plastic, I guess, if it's a, if it's a, a deep cuts uh, figure um, that, that you have in your hand at your, at your gaming table. So um, uh, most of that is collaboration back and forth between me and Magellan. Um, uh, there are other folks at Paizo who are involved, but but uh, in my role um, as sort of a holdover from when I was the franchise manager, uh, a lot of what I do is co collaborate with our licensed partners to ensure that that the products they're releasing are uh, consistent with the brand and that they're uh, supporting uh, Paizo's releases as best as possible. So um, generally the first thing that we do is um, uh, Magellan or someone at WizKids will send a, a a blank set list and say, "Hey, in July, we want to have a, a set of minis, and it's going to have forty figures. Um, what do what what should that be?" Um, and then we'll look at our product schedule. We'll look at sort of the flow and the cadence of what um, what we've released recently. Uh, maybe some gaps in the the pathfinder battles uh library um and figure out what makes sense thematically uh, to be that uh, that set so today we sort of wanted to walk you through the production of one mini um from the forthcoming uh fist of the ruby phoenix set uh, let's uh let's go ahead and pull up that uh, first piece of art this is a reference art um so here we have uh a figure from from the adventure path uh she's actually the same figure who appears on the f uh the cover of the first volume um not in this form she shows back up later spoilers um with um with some more white witch hair than she had in the previous one and um uh the uh yeah so so once we figure out sort of which figures are going to be in the set what which which ones are going to be rares which are going to be commons uncommons and so forth um i send uh a whole bunch of files of uh our existing art for those figures to um whiz kids um john you want to talk a little bit about what what you guys do on your end um once that reference art comes in yeah for sure um so generally we start, you know, kind of looking at the reference and figuring out what's going to work, you know, on a miniature scale, what's not. We kind of have to do simplify certain details, things like that, um, you know, just to make sure they can, you know, mold release, how many parts it'll basically come apart in. We kind of need the budget, you know, for the wave, like, you know, okay, this can be a really complex figure, this can be a simpler figure, that kind of deal. 
Um, but yeah, so we usually want to do, um, just to give you an idea of the timeline of this process, we generally try to hand off art, the artwork to our sculpting team um, about 11 months before it can actually release on shelves. So this is actually a, a lengthy process to get a miniature made overseas. Um, so it's, uh, we need the artwork oftentimes earlier than the book release, you know, is going to, their timeline obviously doesn't need it as quickly. So, um, yeah, I mean, and that's that's, that's one thing that that's one thing that traditionally has been really tough for us uh, because if we uh, because we're not working on that that length timeline, we we sometimes get final art in for a book four maybe five months before it comes to print um, simply because the the production process for a book is far less time consuming than it is for for a plastic mini, and uh, so um, it as is the case with this uh, particular figure and this particular set, um, the Fist of the Ruby Phoenix um, Adventure Path came out, what, two years ago? And came out in co compiled hardcover, um, you know, nine months ago. Um, so so we're, we would love to be able to do day and date um, releases, but often that's just not uh, possible. It's something we're we're working toward, um, but it means that that we at Paizo have to be way ahead of when we normally um, are producing art, um, and and until we've sort of clawed back that time from the schedule, it, unless we're doubling up what what art we're ordering in a given month, um, it, it can be really it can be really tough to do. So um, so in this case, you know this this art we couldn't really st we couldn't start this process until um, much later than than I think we would have liked, but. Um, luckily, an AP can be played at any time, and so um, hopefully, people who have not yet started uh, the Fist of the Ruby Phoenix Adventure Path, or who are planning on playing other adventures in Tian Sha over the next year, as we release more content set there, um, the specific characters in the set aren't necessarily going to appear again in new adventure paths or in the generic, um, uh, you know, setting books. Uh, but thematically, uh, having a lot of, of Asian-inspired uh, characters or classes or monsters um, will hopefully uh, be helpful to people who are playing in those. So um, let's go ahead um, and see the next slide here, um, which is uh, the initial uh, T-pose here. This is, um, the, this is what WizKid sends to me um, that basically says, hey, our sculptors have put together this character um, here's what it looks like. Um, as you can see, the the modeled figure here is not posed uh, in the same way as the reference art, um, but uh, uh, but I can see from here what clothing they're wearing, uh, whether the proportions of the character are correct, um, whether they are um, uh, you know colored generally correctly um, and then from there once we once we know yes that model's correct then they can um, model it more specifically into a um, into a, a, a you know posed figure um, so let's go to that next one which is the um, uh, color guide um, yep. do you want to talk a little a little bit about the about this yeah, uh, absolutely. Well, yeah, I guess I'll clarify that we usually do try to kind of like dial in a lot of the details at the T-pose level um, before we move to pose. So that's, you know, usually that's like the first step with, the, you know, we usually use a lot of contract artists, a lot of sculpting studios, things like that. 
So we'll try to get all details really figured in about the likeness and everything at the key pose level. And then we'll move on to pose. Um, and then generally that's kind of the next step. This, this is actually kind of skipping this, the posing step. So there's a lot of back and forth with each sculptor to make sure that we, the pose is really capturing the artwork or capturing what we've asked them to do. Um, and then from there, yeah, we move on to this as a color guide, basically kind of breaking it down what the factory is going to thing. Um, and, you know, you know, obviously, you know, you kind of have to budget certain different figures different ways. You know, this one actually has a you know, fair amount of deco on it. Um, so uh, usually kind of, you know, different rarities kind of, you know, we can, you know, simplify things where we need to every once in a while. You know, two colors that are very similar. We'll end up painting the same color just for practical concerns for, you know, manufacturing. But um, we always try to or do our best to, you know, make sure we, you know, capture the artwork. So, um, and, yeah, and all of the figures are all the figures are are cast in clear plastic these days, right? Because you have clear plastic well, bases. Um, it's actually no. Um, so the, the, the clear plastic bases are usually their own their own mold. Um, so it can vary whether the, the figure is cast in clear or it's cast in opaque. Um, and it kind of you know most of these figures are actually um, they, they do art. There's a couple figures up per tool. So like usually it depends on how complex the figure is, but you know you can fit you know. You know, between four and five figures on one tool, and if there are a lot of clear pieces, pieces like in this case, the um, the flight stand on this figure, this figure needs that additional support. Does have a clear piece, so this figure likely would have been is cast entirely in clear because there is that clear piece. Um, our, our figures are mostly, you know, the, the bases are actually ABS plastic, so they're their own mold um, from the PVC figure. So uh, this is okay. a case where it would be a clear figure painted over. Um, but there are other cases where there are no clear pieces, so we'll cast it all in opaque. That. Yeah, and and um, I would say that um, this is probably the stage where, other than figuring out what's going to be in the set um, and sort of moving figures around from one rarity to another, which which can be a, a very iterative process back and forth of you know oh this this figure we thought we were going to do is going to be way too complex. Uh, uh, to be an uncommon, we don't we don't have an extra rare slot. What do we want to replace it with? Um, uh, th I would say this stage here of of the picture that that folks are seeing on their screen is the is the next most time consuming step from a, a collaborative standpoint um, because we'll often have um, you know. Uh, I, if it looks like, say, detail is getting lost in the painting, um, I might say, um, hey, can we add an extra uh, wash or dry brush step here uh, to really bring out those, you know, the textures of the character's clothes or the monster's scales or something like that. And so we'll go back and forth. And, and obviously with, within the budgetary constraints, the WizKids is under, uh, we try and dial in on exactly uh, which colors we're going to use um, to, to be most accurate to the source material, um, but also to be able to, um, to not have, you know, 400 colors on a given mini or what have you. Um, folks will also notice that there's a little like um, it looks like the face of Bo uh, over here um, on the the side of the picture. Um, that's just her eyes and mouth. Um, that's what's called a tampo, uh, which is like a little stencil um, that's used for extremely small detail, fine detail. Um, and uh, that's one of the things that I love most about the WizKids minis is is their ability to get things like eyes and um, uh, maybe designs uh, on on a character's uh, 
tabard or shield uh, something like that you know we've got characters like uh sioni who has very intricate tattooing or um kira who's got um some some really detailed uh, textures on our uh, designs on her on her clothing and and from the very beginning when the the very first pathfinder uh, battles uh, figures came out the uh, beginner box heroes back in oh what would that have been 2010 2011 uh, yeah i don't know uh like right when i right when i started at paizo so like 13 14 years ago um was uh um it was we were just blown away um by that ability so so a lot of this is is figuring out what's going to be a paint step that someone's going to do on the factory you know on the floor and then what's going to be a tampo uh, in order to get that extra um that extra detail in there um when when we used to uh, approve actual physical paint masters we would have someone come into the office and pass them around a table and we would all look at them and go, well, yeah, let's do this and that. Uh, none of them had faces because the tampo step uh, was never done on the paint master. Um, it was always done after the fact in the, in the factory. So um, that's just a, yeah. a different generally, difference in process. Generally, the, the, the final sample that has the tampos in place uh, is our final you know iteration of this mini. So. Yeah, before then, we'll get a couple that have out all the hand-painted, you know, applications in place or uh, spray out, you know, because they use little, like, masks that they spray certain block color areas. And then it, this is actually, these are all a lot more manual than a lot of people uh, assume. That, you know, these are people in, the, you know, the factory painting individual pieces and things like that. So, uh, but yeah, the, the faces and any, like, um, you know, uh, patterns on clothing, things like that, we want to hit with, uh, it's a little rubber stamp, basically. And it only applies one color at a time, so any like multicolor tampo is actually several tampo hits to get those colors laid down. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's go to the next um, next one here, and we will see um, a different sculpt of the same character. So this, um, I assume, Magellan was the same T pose, right? That the same T pose figure. That you're supposed to... yeah. yeah. We originally were con considering doing two versions of this figure, and then. Um, you know, as with the, the set kind of evolved and changed, and uh, you know, we, we kind of broke these down into several box sets. Uh, this one ended up on the cutting floor, so as you're kind of seeing a figure that um, will not be made at this point, but you know, it was a very cool pose. Um, I actually think this might have worked out to be a, one more part than the um, even the the hair version, which you would think that's crazy, but there's all kinds of factors and like a really extreme pose like how things need to break out into pieces so yeah no um, i imagine that the cloak the cloak waving behind her and her sleeves and and her hair flying and the the sword um there's a lot of pointy bits going lots of different directions on this one which uh which i know can really explode the uh the number of um pieces of a tooling um if we have time later um Folks can ask me all about the tree we once tried to do uh, for the Kingmaker set, um, which we killed because that would have been like so expensive. Anyway, um, yeah. So um, sometimes we do have figures that get fully posed and 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 rendered, and that we just for whatever reason don't produce. Um, a lot of times, if they're especially if they're a monster or they're a generic, you know, like nameless. Um, character like city guard or something like that uh, we can get them into a future set um but this figure um for example will will probably never be produced uh simply because it's um it's not 
I, I, I don't know of a set that, that it would make sense to put this character in, um, especially where she's already got a mini with her, you know, spider hair. Um, but this, the, the original idea for this set was to do the characters as they first appear in the, in the AP and then in their sort of corrupted or, um, you know, advanced forms, um, when they show back up later at the end of the AP. Um, so, uh, yeah, there's that. So let's go on to the next one, which is the um, tooling and, and prototype uh, view. Um, yeah, go ahead and um, yeah, so, um, elucidate showing... us on this. Yeah, so after we send the you know the 3D files off to the factory, um, we kind of you know first start out with an output stage, basically a 3D printed you know sort of version of it, and there'll be uh, modifications made um, at this point, you know, notes made. Uh, things, certain things need to get filled a little bit because, you know, we, we always look, have to look for things called undercuts, basically. Uh, basically, once they get broken down into parts, they all mold or release cleanly and everything like that. So, And then the gray copy you see here is actually the polyurethane or PU uh, stage. So that's really where the parts breakdown is fully, finally determined. And, you know, so as all, all the pieces have gotten separated out, and, um, basically this is what is ultimately used to create the steel mold. Um, or to steel tool um, to actually have the figure produced. So this is showing how, one, how this figure um, would break down. So this is definitely a, a few parts. Um, and uh, yeah, so like I, since this will all be all one tool together, that clear flight stand, which is gray here, of course, but this will all get cast in clear plastic. So anything that doesn't need to be clear will get fully painted over and so on. Now, how many how many figures do you tend to put on a single tooling? Um, well, you know that would be that would all be produced together. Uh, yeah, so it can it, it varies a lot by size and complexity, and uh, massively by complexity. So a figure like this almost takes a slot of what would be two figures. Um, if we could definitely do more for tool, like if everybody's uh, our president Justin likes to always say standing at the bus, uh, we're basically you know standing you know arms more or less at the sides, uh, fairly simple pose. So this can often be molded in you know between you know two to three pieces uh, typically. Um, but things like this, several pieces. Um, so it takes. If they're all very simple poses, we can usually hit, you know, about five figures um, on a tool. But something like this would take the slot of uh, possibly two or even maybe three figures. Um, I hadn't actually looked at the tool plan for what else wound up on the same tool as this figure. But, um, yeah, anything really complex or care figures with capes or wings, things like that, take a whole slot that could be otherwise dedicated to uh, yeah. another and that, figure. Yeah, and that largely determines what the rarity of the figure is going to be if it's a randomized set, right? Um, if Correct. you're, you're going to put all the, the simple commons on the same tooling, so you can just run that one a certain number of times, and uh, you'll run the uncommon fewer times, and then the rare even less, right? Yep, yep, that's generally right. how it works out. You know, that, that way, you know, we, we always want to make sure to offer, you know, great products to go, you know, best prices that we can. And um, obviously, uh, you know, it really anything is really really complex we don't want to you know have to charge way way one more just to you know we, we, we love making really complex things don't get me wrong um but uh yeah. it's, it's kind of a way to you know sort of just even things out a little bit um across the board yeah, yeah. okay so let's um we actually we just realized right before the stream that we didn't um we didn't put a uh uh picture of the final figure um into our our slide deck so everyone's just gonna have to go to your local game store in july and buy the uh this is the ruby phoenix uh mini set and you'll be able to see the final figure and um that's yeah. 
we'll just we'll just pinky swear right now. That's what we're gonna do, and and we'll. I, I do yeah, have her here, but I, I don't have a macro lens, so she doesn't seem to want to focus. I've, I've tried, but um, yeah, this is uh, the final product right here. So. Great. Um, and um, so let's um, that's a little bit about the process. Um, uh, let me see here. We do have a question from chat. Um, before we get into some previews of upcoming uh, stuff, uh, uh, let's go ahead and answer this because it is sort of a process question. Um, on average, how many designs do you make per set versus how many minis actually get chosen? Um, well, I mean, we generally try to uh, only design uh, what we want to intend to release. There's, there's usually not too many on the cutting room floor. Um, it's usually we we tend to every every once in a while have a, one or two extra or something left over at the end. But uh, generally, we we do our, try our best to kind of gauge how many we're going to need for a set, and we we do try to see it through to the end. Um, so and, and generally, it, it, if if we do make cuts, we we try to work them in somewhere else later down the line. Yeah, I mean this set in particular, um, we had this harebrained idea of doing two versions of some of the figures, um, so that. Uh, that by necessity meant that we were going to be um, at least posing um, some sculpted figures multiple times um, with some variations um, like extra limbs or in this case, like more elaborate hair. Um, and uh, in general, most sets, we're not going to do that. So when we realized like, oh, we're, we're not going to be able to do the multiple versions of each figure that did result in quite a few um, poses that we that we ended up not sculpting um, but usually we're honing in on which figures are going to be in the set during the, the planning phase um, and we'll have a full spreadsheet that that breaks down um, you know figure name source art file base size rarity um, and that way we can sort of look and see what um what the full array of the set is going to look like and we can mix and match things there so that we're pretty pretty dialed in on what what we're going to be producing before WizKids send anything to the, the sculptors um to work on uh, so i'd say maybe there's one or two figures per set at most uh, this this set was a was a, an outlier um in that regard because there's probably what half a dozen um, but between us realizing we weren't going to do duplicates of some of the specific characters and it originally being designed as a um, uh, originally when we were when we were planning it, we knew that it was going to be one of the non randomized um, you know premium sets. Um, and I had hoped that we could release one box per volume of the AP, um, but that didn't end up working out because the later volume has much larger more complex monsters which would have made that box far more expensive than the other two and so anyway when things had to get moved around for logistical reasons um we ended up we ended up removing more from the set um uh, another question here um the production minis are not 3d printed then they come from a mold they do yes um yeah i mean not many we kind of offer you know we're the preeminent offer of uh, pre-printed plastic minis and yeah, everything we offer is uh, it's fully manufactured in plastic um, and comes pre-painted. Of course, for our, our painted um, line, we also offer the but PPM but those molds but those molds yeah. are made from a highly detailed three D printing, correct? Yes. Uh, yeah, we start with the three D output stage, um, and it's it's cleaned up a lot, and then it moves to the PU stage, and then uh, it things get really smoothed out. And these are really high end printers, so it's like 
Uh, but yes, it, it, it's all fully manufactured and um, it's all been very touched up uh, by people, you know, make sure that everything, every detail is smooth. Everything Banded and, 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 and hand, um, uh, hand cared instead of uh, just straight from the 3D printer. Because uh, we all know mm -hmm. that those can get a little go goopy and, and have weird tags and things on them. Um, uh, yeah, no, when we first started doing... Um, minis with whiz kids they were all hand sculpted um back before um before 3d printing was a thing uh so the earliest sets um were were all hand done and then those those molds were made of those original hand sculpts so um that that the, the molding um still continues um uh we've got another question here um, that is a, a decent segue into the next uh, next half of the uh, the seminar, which is about um, uh, what what we have coming down the line. Um, yep. And uh, this question is: Are there any plans to produce more of the iconic minis? And to that, I will say, stay tuned. Um, what's the next set that we have coming? Um, other than than Fist of the Ruby Phoenix, which was supposed to be out by now, but hit some um, some logistical snags, um, and is coming out in July now. But what's what's the next set after that uh, that people can can look for? So the next set is going to be uh, PFB uh, twenty four. Shouldn't use the code name. It's going to be Fearsome <laughs> Forces. Uh, it's Pathfinder Battles uh, Fearsome Forces. It's uh, a new battle box format, um, which is going to be single pack um minis um so this is going to be basically a lot of uh things that you, you might like monsters that might encounter in groups things like that so we want to make sure that you know these are a good way to build an army with these um so this is going to be a new battle box format which we have not done before um but we we have done certain things in the past of a uh, single uh blind box uh, quite a long time ago like weeby goblins things like that so this is uh going to be a little the, bit the very different, first um, Pathfinder yeah the very first Pathfinder battle set uh Heroes and Monsters was single figure. Um yeah. uh so yeah we're um this battle box is, is going to be a new format and it's going to be a lot of uh monsters that you might want more of than one of at the table. So um hopefully uh everybody will be um happy if you know, nobody will be unhappy if they get um two of a uh, Iruxi or of a uh, um a uh, serpent folk I would hope. But uh yeah, so this is um an upcoming set that is going to be a lot of um a lot of uh cool monsters for you to hopefully fight um so and, here. and there's what there's eight there's 18 figures total in the set um there and uh and a and a brick of of these will come with is it 12 um, so uh, yeah uh, a um a battle box will come with 12 minis um there's going to be two battle boxes per case and then uh it's going to be yeah um 12 minis in each uh battle box okay all right and um yeah you can as as folks can see the the theme here really was uh we focused on the forces part of this the idea here is that you you're going to uh, potentially be building an army um uh you've got the the orcs and the and the hobgoblins here on this uh particular preview um and you can never have too many hobgoblins or rather any number of hobgoblins is too many hobgoblins um but if you if you're if you've got one uh you might as well have a legion because that's how they uh, that's how they do um and then let's go to the next one here yeah there we go um and here we've got a few of the more complex um figures these um these are the rares or some of them are the rares um yeah there are there are definitely a few rares on this slide i should say that yeah uh 
uh, three of the six on this slide are um, in the, the rare category. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think uh, who doesn't want a scary spider woman? Um, and <laughs> as you can see, as you can see here with this, um, we did also um, with the with the Joragomo and the oh, what's the little little guy the right above him? What's it? Yes. Also yeah, um, we're still uh, again. We know that 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 we're going to be spending a lot of time in Tian Sha here within the next year, and so this is an opportunity for us to just get a few more figures in that are going to be useful to people who are running um, the Season of Ghosts Adventure Path or just setting their own adventures there once the uh, Lost Omens books um, come out, uh, really detailing that part of the world. Um, I was very then, happy to get that Kasovake into the set. <laughs> Just I know, yeah, no, that was that was your fun, suggestion, so. I think, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, sometimes, sometimes it's it's a very, um, uh, very tight theme. Like, hey, we're doing a set based on this adventure path, as with the the Fist of the Ruby Phoenix, where I think almost every um, every figure that we did there, its reference art is from the AP. Um, I had originally thought maybe we would have the slots to do some stuff from Best Year Two or Three um, that that comes from that part of the world, um, but it turned out that there was enough just within that three volume AP that we were able to fill the set out easily. Um, and then other times it's more of just like a we're going to do an undead themed set, or we're going to do one all about dungeon delving or about you know bar fights. Um, where we're pulling um, reference from multiple locations, whether those are, um, uh, you know, monsters from a bestiary or from the uh, back matter of an AP, uh, or if they're from an NPC codex or game mastery guide type product that just has sort of unnamed characters. Uh, and, uh, and so it's always, the, those kind of sets are always, always fun because there's really no, limit to what crazy stuff we can put in them um and and sometimes it's just as simple as like that piece of art looks really cool let's do a mini of that we don't have an adventure that uses it but dang that would look cool in plastic and um and i think that that's uh, that's one of those um examples um so uh uh fearsome forces comes out uh it's gonna be q4 uh, of this year, okay. so uh, it yeah, I was going to I was going to guess October. I think it's it's it'll be in time for the holidays, right? That yeah, it, it, it's can... currently trying to, tracking for November release, but yeah, Q4 okay. is the official um, statement. So they'll make great week. stocking stuffers. Just put a put a few minis in there, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, and that should be available on the Paizo dot com uh, with our subscription. Uh, our, our Pathfinder Battle subscription. Um, so uh, we've sort of um, stepped back from that here as the um, the distribution model of the minis for the last few sets changed uh, due to just logistical um, reasons um, during and and in the the wake of the pandemic. Uh, but now that we're back to to you know randomized uh, booster boxes or in this case single figure boxes um we'll we'll be um offering cases of those on paizo.com and so be sure to um swing by if this is something you want and you can grab that um to be automatically shipped to you when it releases um to go back to the initial question um are we planning any additional um iconics um what do you think should we do those yeah i think that's a good idea yeah, I think people like yeah. those. Um, yeah. Uh, so 
the last Iconics that we did, uh, the last Iconic set ended with uh, Secrets of Magic. So it had um, Celtiel and uh, uh, Ija in it, um, but we never uh, we never uh, got one past that. But now that we've got um, uh, Rage of Elements coming in a few months, uh, we now have hit our six-figure threshold, um, and so we've got this coming uh, in early 2024 uh that's going to have uh the iconic inventor gunslinger thaumaturge psychic and um uh, kineticist Kineticist. as well yeah as well as um uh, warp the uh cutest little robot buddy you ever have seen um and as always the sc- the the level of detail on these iconic sets is just from the from the very beginning uh they have been the highest quality pre-painted plastic minis i've ever seen uh i am so proud uh of th- th- these specific products uh w- you know to have the pathfinder branding on them uh because they really are the pinnacle of what a pre-painted plastic figure can be. And I think that uh, the fact that we're on our 11th set of them now, so if they're five or six figures a piece, that's like 60, over 60 individual <laughs> figures we've done in these sets over the years. Um, clearly people like them and and um, connect with them. And so uh, we're really happy with that. And that Yoon figure, man, with that fire, um, I, that that one in particular, I'm gonna I'm gonna get I'm gonna put on my desk right here on my monitor, um, and uh, it'll be great. Yeah, you turned out great. Um, oh, I wish we we had a shot of her backside showing her uh, her plushie that she uh, carries with her. Um, that is on her her back on that mini. Uh, but um, yeah, yeah, and I think I think actually um, that that required some some editing on your part because the when these were being uh, sculpted. Uh, we didn't have the final. Uh, we didn't have an, a color image of her back. We had a sketch that Wayne did, um, just sort of in his approval phase. And our feedback to Wayne was um, either move the move the move gum gum up or down. It was it was in a position on her back that that we were like, you, just move it for the for the back shot. Um, mm-hmm. And so we had to tell you. We also gave this feedback to Wayne. So make sure you move Gom Gom because we never got another iteration from Wayne for that. But um, yeah, for, for Gom Gom fans, uh, they are still there. Uh, a little bit worse for wear after the last what twelve years of adventuring with um, with Yoon. Um, but uh, yeah, they're there as well. Yeah, I, I know you. And the final art moved it to her her sleeping pack on her back, but. Um... For purposes of like how it's going to break down into parts, and sometimes we break things down for ease of painting, it might end up being a separate piece that's you know on her back in the final you know mini. So yeah, uh, yeah. these turned out really great, um, and especially like Nalmica and uh, Mios, like oh my gosh, the amount of tampos on them are going to be kind of crazy. But uh, <laughs> we've done it before, and we're up to the challenge. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that that th- that is certainly um, where those those tampos really shine is on these iconics because if there's one thing that our iconic characters are not lacking, it is detail. Um, mm-hmm. They all have so much gear and so many little things like you know, there's a tartan pattern on Harsk's. Um, it's not really a kilt, but he's got like a 
sash or something that that's got a, a, a tartan pattern and you guys made sure to get that in there and so um, just being able to hold these in your hand and look at those and say oh that's just like the the source material is always so much fun and um yeah i think people are really going to like these and and you know I, I don't think it's too much of a spoiler for us to say we've we've got other iconics that are going to be coming down the path you know not right away but um, we'll, we'll have more about that uh, maybe at Gen Con. Um, and you can expect once we, once we build up enough of them uh, to get a, um, uh, another set, number 12, we'll have to do something special for number th- lucky 13. Unlucky 13. I don't know. Um, and uh, yeah, one, one of the things I think that, that I like most about, um, th- about that forthcoming set is that fire effect. Uh, I think that, you know, way back in one of the earliest sets when we did our first like fire giant, I think, or um, maybe it was even a fire elemental, just seeing that like colored plastic to do spell effects or um, flames or um, stuff. I just I'm a sucker for those uh, those clear painted um figures um and we've got another figure to show it's for it's from a set that we're not ready to announce um but uh it's got some more of that um that flame effect um let's let's go with this here um longtime viewers probably recognize this character um this is uh uh judy q she is the barmaid down uh down at the local tavern just your average regular Galarianite. Uh, nothing special about her at all. Um, or she's one of the most powerful beings in the multiverse. Don't know. Um, we've had a long tradition of doing, um, of inserting Pathfinder deities into sets where it made sense. Uh, Caden Kalian showed up in um, uh, the Rusty Dragon Inn, and uh, Lamash Two was in uh, was in one, and uh, we've gotten through a lot of them by this point. Um, and I am happy to report that that is continuing, uh, and uh, Saren Ray will finally be able to bless your gaming tables, um, either to heal you, to fight some undead, or to smite those who cannot be redeemed. Um, so let's go um, to a few more questions here. Um, let's see, I've got one here. Um, I think this is a follow-up to our discussion of the 3D, um, 3D sculpting or 3D printing question. Did most hand sculptors uh, become 3D sculptors? Um, and I don't really know because I don't, I, I don't personally interact directly with the sculptors, so I don't know how many of them made that transition. Uh, do you know? I don't offhand, and um, honestly, I, I've been with WizKids for a little over two years now, and I, we had made the switch to full 3D um, before I even came on board. Um, so I don't know for certain um, if I think uh, a lot of traditional sculptors have tried to move to the you know digital space because um, it, it's just kind of become the industry standard at this point. Um, but I mean, there is always definitely you know room out there for traditional sculptors. I just don't know that if we any of the ones that we used to use, and this is like almost a decade ago, um, that yeah. we were doing a lot yeah. of the traditional sculpting. I don't, I'm not actually sure. Um, yeah, I, I wish I could answer for you, but I'm. Yeah, but I if any, if anyone does know, anyone out there in the community watching, um, either is a sculptor or knows sculptors or has some insight into that, I would be interested to know. Um, you know, it's it's always uh, sad when the march of technology and uh, the 
advance uh, advance of what we're capable of uh, puts people out of jobs. So I hope they were able to make the transition. Um, but I imagine that that's a pretty steep learning curve if you're used to doing stuff physically with your fingers and then suddenly you've got to use a computer. Um, I know I, I'm bad at both of those things. Um, so I imagine it would be especially hard for me to, to do that. But uh, I don't envy anyone who, who had to make that, that transition if they did, because I, I imagine it's a, a completely different skill set, um, even though you are still ultimately forming a, a 3D, um, 3D sculpture. Um, and then um, another question here, do you make mini organizers? Um, does WizKids have anything like that? We do not currently have any mini organizers. Um, I think a lot of people know in the industry, uh, tool organizers make great mini organizers. Um, but no, WizKids um, does not currently offer any kind of a mini organization um, method. So I'm afraid you're going to have to, uh, at least for the time being, um, find solutions yeah, that work. Just got to go to the That's hardware store <laughs> or the craft store. That's those are the two is uh, uh, yeah. scrapbooking, scrapbooking um, storage or uh, or a toolbox. Uh, those are the things that everyone uses. Or, you know, there there's um, uh, folks like Battle Foam. Uh, they did a Pathfinder, um, uh, a special Pathfinder Battle Foam case um, a few years back. So um, those always exist. Um, but um, uh, nothing from WizKids, at least currently. Um, okay. Um, be explore. I could definitely use uh, many, many more mini organizers myself. Oh my uh, gosh! I mean, I just <laughs> I like here here at Paizo. Uh, in addition to being the um, the one who uh, sort of sees uh, minis through the process, I'm also the one who who tends to the the minis archive that we have here, so that if we ever have to go back and look at a mini and say, hey, did we ever do a mini of this monster or whatever, we, we have a physical one on hand instead of needing to go to the warehouse and open up a bunch of boosters. Um, and uh, I just have them all tossed in, in a bunch of like $5 storage bins from like Target or the container store. Um, so uh, I, I'm certainly always open to <laughs> anything that would allow me to store those a little bit more nicely. Um, but you know, at, at home, I do have some of the larger sort of premium figures in in a display case or on bookshelves uh, alongside uh, other art pieces. The the gigantic Minkari um, is is on top of my. Um, uh, I have a display case where I keep you know like sculpted figures and and bunch of yeah. comic book chess pieces and <laughs> anyway and i've got uh got that on top of there and and uh, a number of them around and now that now that we have the life-size kobolds and uh and goblin uh you see more and more people who are using these uh not necessarily at the gaming table uh but as art pieces that are that are decorating their gaming rooms or their offices or you know their children's bedrooms or whatever. Uh, my kid yeah. would not stand the goblin being in her room she would freak out so I'm, I'm actually in the process of moving older. right now, and I yeah. have to uh, <laughs> try to very carefully wrap and pack up a lot of my painted minis, um, well, things I painted <sighs> myself, and I didn't want to get wrecked. And, oh, yeah, man. It's, uh, it's not ideal. It, it's a reason just to never move. Just like, you uh, know, I'm, I'm here. I'm staying here. This is where all my minis are. Uh, I, yeah. I guess you're going to have to bury me here. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, we've got a few more minutes for questions. Um, I'm not seeing any more passed my way from the mods. I don't have chat open because that's far too many windows. Um, um, but we'll look for, for those. I guess sort of in the meantime, 
uh, while we wait for a few more questions. We do have um, some things that we produce uh, that aren't minis, that aren't even plastic. Um, how involved are you or what's the process like in making things like plush? Um, so I am not actually super involved with plush, but uh, I'm happy to just talk about how cute they are. Um, so uh, yeah, we are continuing the Kid Robot um, plush line. Uh, and Kid Robot, Kid Robot is a subsidiary of NECA the same way that WizKids is, correct? Correct. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we, we, we partner with them and, um, you know, reps from uh, our side are talking to reps from their side because they know plush and um, it's not, you know, something ordinarily within our wheelhouse. So uh, they're, you know, releasing these under, you know, Kid Robot is releasing these. And um, yeah, we, we had previously released the Cobalt and uh, Goblin, in the Pathfinder plush line. So these and, and are uh, what's coming yeah. on the line. The next wave so, here, as folks can see, we have Drew Gami who is longtime animal companion of our iconic Druidlini. And um, little known fact, uh, we don't canonically know consistently what sex Drugami is, because uh, in the early days, we weren't really tracking it particularly well. And uh, we used both um, she and he and him and her um, when referring to Drugami. So um, Drugami gets to be whatever whatever your um your preferences um you don't have or to worry about Gummy's gender fluid i mean yeah. yeah yeah you know hey it's uh it's the snow leopard way um and who better to accompany uh drugami as our next plush uh but everyone's favorite newer companion or what about that this when i showed this figure uh, this this approval figure. This is this was sent to us by Kid Robot to approve the the plush. Um, when I sent this to, or I, I posted this on our internal chat uh, in the office, and oh my god, everyone everyone was like, "Let me buy it now! Uh, we're gonna steal these from the WizKids booth at Gen Con. We're we're gonna make sure that I have all of the werps." Um, so uh, all the customers out there are going to have to fight Paizo staff for this one because it is the new favorite. Um, and normally it is uh, Eleanor Farron who is uh, posting links to cute things online for us to all spend our money on. And I uh, one-upped her with this one. So take that, Eleanor. Uh, good luck beating work. Um, and these are, these are going to be out um, later this year, right? Um, I believe so. Um... Yeah, I don't have that information in front of me, but I, I think that was the plan for these. But um, yeah, uh, this is we, the, you know, the have... point we have uh, fully approved these samples. These are the final iteration because these have all gone through a few iterations themselves. But I, yeah, I we, we really had to, to go back and forth on what color warp was going to be, right? Yeah, we did. Uh, there was some initial tests to try to use metallic um, fabric, but um, it just, you know, yeah, we ended up switching to this. It's a bit more matte, but I actually think it, I like it better personally. I think so. Yeah. Um, and these should be, we should have samples of these, um, uh, you know, behind, behind lock and key at uh, Gen Con for folks to see, um, either at the Paizo um, booth or the WizKids booth. I, 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 you know, let them know how excited you all internally were about this and said we want to get samples. No, so they're not going to bring them to Gen Con anymore. They're afraid we're going to take them. Uh, look, I, <laughs> I leave it, leave it to, uh, to Paizo staff to ruin everything for everyone. Jeez. Um, yeah, so that's um, that's the last preview that we've got um, today. Um, it looks like we've got um, 
One more question here. Can, um, can we plan on seeing minis for every ancestry? Uh, and I think the answer there is yes, eventually. Um, I think that, um, again, we're, we're working so far out. Um, you know, we're, we're already internally talking about minis that are going to be coming out in late 2024. Um, so for us to catch up with existing ancestries, um, is enough of a challenge that trying to stay on top of new ones as they come out, um, is also going to be tough. Um, but when we do have those more thematic sets, uh, that's one thing that I often look for is an opportunity to put in appropriate player characters for various ancestries. Um, uh, the, uh, the Fist of the Ruby Phoenix set, for example, gave us the opportunity to put in uh, Tengu and Kitsune and, and uh, Catfolk and, and a few others that appeared in the adventure, um, but that also hadn't gotten a lot of um, plastic versions in the past. Obviously, if you play a human, you're set an elf, a dwarf, half orc, you know, in, any of the like core races. Um, or ancestries, um, the uh, goblin, for example, most of them have been in sets as villains or, or enemies, but you know, uh, you, your, your party rogue could just as easily be an enemy as the goblin that you run into on the streets. So, um, uh, uh, there's, there's lots of those. Um, well, I've got a checklist that I, that I keep every time we release a new ancestry. That's just like, okay, here's the list of what we need to get to as soon as we can get to them, um, you know, but uh, with with the sheer variety of types of characters you could make, like even if we made a, a, a figure that was a, you know, to use a newly announced um, uh, ancestry, the, the centaur or the minotaur that are going to come out um, next year in um, uh, Howl of the Wild, um, if you're playing a minotaur spellcaster the mini is going to be very different than a minotaur barbarian or a minotaur fighter um and so um just <laughs> the sheer number of per permutations and combinations that would that that we would love to make um makes it a little bit hard um one thing you might look for are um the pathfinder battles uh deep cuts uh unpainted uh, minis uh, which are the um, uh, which uh, we we can do a, a few more versions of, uh, you know, so it can be a, a ancestry class combo, male, female, what have you, um, and we can release a few more of those at a time because they're a little bit simpler to do and they can um, reuse and and uh, or or iterate on existing sculpts a little bit easier than than doing the full prepainted plastic. Um, I would and say, if there's like any ancestors you really want to see, throw it in the chat. I'll take a look, and we'll we'll see what we can do. Okay, we can't make any yeah, promises, it... but um, we love getting ideas, and one of the you guys want to see us make. So yeah, it just just know that even if we love your idea, it'll be a year and a half or two years before we can get to it. <laughs> um, True. All right, we have time for w one last question here, and then uh, then we're gonna uh, cede the mic to uh, to the next uh, seminar. Uh, when will you be making more Starfinder minis? Um, uh, as soon as we can. Um, you know, I think that the Starfinder minis uh, came out when pre-painted plastic minis were not um, industry-wide doing as hot as at their peak. Um, you know, they, they came out in uh, the middle of the pandemic. 
Um, people weren't playing at the table. Um, and so I think that candidly that the Starfinder minis didn't, didn't really perform uh, as well as we would have liked. Um, so we've got another Starfinder mini set that's fully sculpted and ready to go. Uh, we just have to find the right time uh, to release that. And, um, uh, and we'll see. Uh, it's, it's something that we at Paizo still want to do. Um, I know that, that, uh, that the folks at WizKids um, are behind Starfinder minis. Um, we just have to find the right, you know, the right slot in the production schedule and the, the release schedule to get those out when they're, they're going to be set up to succeed. Um, so, um, so keep, keep uh, looking out for those. Um, there will be more, uh, just nothing that we can announce at this time. Um, so with that, I think we're going to, uh, we're going to wrap things up. Thank you everyone for, uh, for being here. Uh, thank you for continuing to be passionate about miniatures. Um, it's the, uh, fan community, like minisgallery.com. Oh my God, that site is amazing. Um, you guys, you guys keep, keep us doing this and we love to do it. So, uh, it's a symbiotic relationship that I think works really well. So, um, we'll keep making minis, uh, if you guys keep buying them and keep playing with them and, and, um, and yeah, we'll see where that goes. And uh, I think with that, uh, we'll sign off. Um, I'm Mark Moreland. Uh, you can find me online at Yoda Ate My Head, um, but I haven't really been on Twitter since, I don't know, last November. Um, and so it's just an archive at this point. But, um, but that's, that's generally my, my handle on most social media. Um, uh, Magellan, are you online? Is there a way people can follow I'm you? I'm online. I, I'm on Twitter. I don't post much anymore, but I'm Vexwing on Twitter and um, Tumblr and a few other places. Uh, but yeah, um, I'm I'm you know Magellan uh, Mulligan uh, for WizKids. I'll be signing off. But yeah, thank you all for continuing to support us, and um, I really hope you all enjoy uh, PaizoCon, and um, hope we we're able to tease a couple cool things for you here today. I know uh, Saren Ray is uh, something I was very excited about, and I hope you all are too. So yeah okay well with that finders uh we're gonna say goodbye and uh and let the next uh the next panel come up i don't have the schedule here so i don't even know what it is but i'm sure um our fine producers will put up a schedule immediately after i get faded away to black and you can proceed with your pies upon have a good show all right thanks everyone Thank you for joining us for this installment of the PaizoCon Online 2023 Seminar Coverage, brought to you by Paizo and the No Direction Network. For more great gaming podcasts, visit NoDirectionPodcast.com.